Hello, everyone, and welcome to They're Not Cousins, a 90s anime podcast by three ladies who love anime but are bad at watching it. I'm Josie. I'm Allie. And I'm Cassie. Good morning, friends. Looks like everybody made it through the new year mostly intact, yes? Seems that way. No champagne or giant looming ball-related injuries to report? I saved all my drinking for the Wednesday that will go down in infamy. Ah, uh, yes, that's a good choice. Ooh. If you're gonna, like, use all of your alcohol in one day. <laughs> Glad to hear that we're all here and we're all ready for a new year of podcasting and Woo! everything else, hopefully. May the new year truly bring something new. And that's all we'll say on that. <laughs> <laughs> So, as the resident, boring, anxious Luddite of the podcast, I feel like it's been a while since we checked in on how things are going in the wild world of social media. Mm. I wanted to ask, Allie, how has the creaking vessel that is our online presence been doing in those tumultuous seas lately? Surprisingly, or not so surprisingly, if you are a person like me who just obsessively checks these things, we have actually gotten a shout out from another new anime podcast, and they've challenged us to a board game match. I'm sorry, what? Yeah. A challenger a appears? A challenger appears. totally appeared. Let's get ready to rumble! How dare they? How could they even <laughs> think they could beat us? Yeah, they come on our turf talking sass like that. I know. I'm not good at board games or anything, but I'm ready to meet their challenge. To be fair, Cass, you are our ringer when it comes to board games. I was trying to lie so that when they played us, they wouldn't be prepared. Shit. That's a good strategy. The bad news is, ladies, their podcast is better than ours. (laughs) They update like every other day and I hate them for it. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, how do they have so many episodes? Damn, they're fast. (laughs) So I think we've gotten this far and we haven't actually said the name of the podcast that we're referring to. (laughs) Kawaii Desuppointment. I... And personally affronted at how good the name of their podcast is because it is the funniest thing that I've ever heard. And our rivalry should force us into new heights of podcasting greatness. Oh, right, because every anime you need like a rival character. Are they our rival character? They've set themselves as our rival character, which means that we are going to have to get extremely, extremely competitive. Wait, are we like Gary or Ash? Well, this is our podcast, so we are Ash. <laughs> I want to be Misty. Can I be Misty? Yeah, we, we can be Misty. We can all be Misty. Yes. <laughs> yes. Star you. Hell yeah. <laughs> also, bicycles. Oh, yeah. We're like a bicycle gang. We're like riding up to their house and being like, knock, knock. <laughs> it's board game time, bitches. <laughs> We've got those like little glittery clips on the wheels so that when they spin, it looks all cool. Yeah, tassels on the handles. It's great. (laughs) Wearing helmets, bike safety is important, guys. The more you know, star rainbow noise. I have been running some counterintelligence, okay? Mm. And I have learned two things from listening to their podcast. Yes. One, they love wrestling. Two, they love lesbians. And based on this information, I have developed a plan for how we can defeat them in any game. Oh my god, Just thank put you. put some wrestling lesbians as a distraction? We're watching Utena? You're, well, actually, yeah, that's a better plan than my plan, but I still <laughs> want to say my plan. <laughs> I 
call it Operation Anthe's a Weirdo Who Keeps a Snail in Her Pencil Box. I'm gonna start talking about being madly in love with every woman in NXT, which is absolutely true. I'm not making that up for the plan. And Allie, <laughs> when I mention my self-insert slash fic starring Rhea Ripley, woof, <laughs> you hack the mainframe of whatever online platform hosts the game we're playing and make it so we have a million victory points. Okay, yeah. Now... Cassie, you're the linchpin in all of this, okay? Okay. You have to pretend to be Allie while she's ghost in the shell <laughs> typing so we don't raise any suspicion. What do you guys think? So I have to improve my, like, grammar and syntax. Yeah, you're gonna need to read a dictionary, Cass. I'm sorry. You're gonna have to throw away English as she has spoke and actually get a real dictionary. God damn it. <laughs> You're going to have to go treasure hunting again and find a book of old English somewhere in an ancient monastery. God. I'll start on that quest now and I'll meet you back here in a week. Perfect. Excellent. All right, team. Hands in on our microphones. And break. Woo, go Bayside. That's us. We're Bayside because we're Misty and water Pokemon. Exactly. <laughs> also, I have realized that I say exactly too often when we're recording, so I'm going to do my best to not. This is some inside baseball for our listeners. I have a notepad document open on my screen that says words to not say, and uh, exactly perfect, literally, like, and so are all on there. <laughs> I say like every five seconds when I get excited, so I apologize. No, it's fine. I know. I've edited them out. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> and now we know why it is that we only release an episode once a month. I know. Uh, getting back to that rivalry, I did want to say before we get into this episode of Sailor Moon, I am normally an extremely non-competitive person until I start playing any game. And from that point on, I'll pretend to be a good sport while screaming for blood internally during the entire thing. Same. I'm smiling, but inside I want to murder you. <laughs> uh, so this could go very badly. I promise I will try very, very hard not to throw hands at PJ from Kawhi Disappointment for referring to Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood as an upgrade to the original. That show is like if you removed all the marshmallows from a box of breakfast cereal and tossed in a handful of googly eyes to make up for it. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, and I'm also going to say that, Skylar, I'm a little bit upset with your love of Sailor Moon Crystal, oh. and we have to duke this out on the battlefield of Uno or whatever game we can actually play over Zoom. Oh, I love it. Can we do Risk? Oh, Everyone God. hates Risk, but oh. I love it. Yeah. Yes, I love it so much. <laughs> See, we used to go to the park and play Risk. <laughs> what? Like, was there a giant Risk board and the people were the pieces? <laughs> no, we would just take Risk to the park. <laughs> That's a terrible idea. What if a dog comes up and takes your Australian army away from you? Well, they were like metal pieces, so we weren't worried they were going to fly away in the wind or anything. Oh my god, did you really have the metal piece box set? I wanted that so bad growing up. <laughs> <laughs> At least mom got it for her for some reason totally wrong <laughs> whatever Allie's setting the record straight tell me Allie tell me the truth it's very important that we all know where I got my metal piece risk set from so there was a parish picnic that we went to for a catholic church that we did not actually attend <laughs> but they had really good prizes at all of the games that you would play and one of the things that I could choose to take home with me was a copy of Risk with the nice metal pieces. And another year, I got the Jurassic Park board game. Oh. Oh, man. Did the Jurassic Park board game also have metal pieces? It did not. It had, like, uh, little cardboard dinosaurs, so it was a little bit of a downgrade. Mm. That's too bad. If the dinosaurs were also metal pieces, then you could incorporate a new rule into Risk, where you can trade in your armies for dinosaurs. Dino riders. <laughs> 
but they would only be available if you were up in like Yaksuk or whatever the one with the Y was. Yakutsk? Yeah, that one. <laughs> have I mentioned that I played too much Risk? <laughs> I think we just have a bad sense of how to pronounce complicated place names. Uh, yeah, and there's a lot of them in Risk. There really are. <laughs> but because of Risk, I know where the Ural Mountains are. Oh, see? Board games teach you things about life, like where Yakutsk is. <laughs> and a map from the early 1900s that won't help you with the way that yeah. all of our political lines have been redrawn. What do you mean Germany and all of the Slavic countries aren't combined into one area? <laughs> what are you talking about? <sighs> Oh no, Mario's gonna be so mad. <laughs> We're sorry, Mario. <laughs> We're sorry that Germany got usurped with all of the rest of Eastern Europe. <laughs> We're sorry that risk boards don't properly show where Germany is. Yeah, when we take over Eastern Europe with our dino armies, we will absolutely rename it so you can have Germany back. <laughs> uh, what are we even talking about? I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> But you were talking about social media, and on another note, we got a letter in our inbox, so uh, if you'd like, I can read it out on the air for you. Oh, you know I do. Please. Good evening. It's time for Midnight Zero. All right, so here is the love letter titled, Magic Cat Waste System. (laughs) Um. Hello, Nut Cousins. I was listening to your podcast recently and wanted to inform you that, yes, Magic Moon Cats do produce waste. But fear not. I can instruct you through the cleanup process, or I can send you a digital pamphlet detailing my patent-pending cat box to hammer space. Please let me know if you want to be sponsored to ensure mind-controlling parasite capture capsules, colloquially called poopin' balls, is heard of first on your premium podcast. Warm regards, Professor Piero Pine. I, we left explicit instructions. Like, these weren't even subliminal. Yeah, it was like, don't tell us about the cat poop. I know. You had one job, audience. <laughs> <laughs> if it wasn't uh, clear to anybody, that was my husband. Oh. Bob Scary VOA, the voice actor up and coming. This is a, a, an advertisement, too. Damn it. An unpaid yeah. advertisement for your husband. <laughs> We've been conned. <laughs> You can't pull the wool over my eyes, honey. Okay, that's it, Cassie. Rally the Diplodocuses. We move in the morning. (laughs) We ride. Tune in again tomorrow. This is Jay Daito saying goodnight. Thank you, Bob, for writing in to us with this ad for a company that doesn't exist. We appreciate it. It doesn't exist yet. We'll leave that to Bob. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I will say it feels like a conflict of interest that our best boy slash lead Gav is writing us love letters. That doesn't seem right. Yeah. Do we have to, like, disclose this or something to some sort of special interest group? <laughs> we have to let the SEC know. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's wait and find out who the new guy is in charge of that, and then we'll see what we do. <laughs> I don't think there's going to be a better segue for us to go into the episode, right? <laughs> I think we're perfect. As we wait on bated breath for who gets nominated, let's start in by having Cassie read us the officially sanctioned plot synopsis for this episode of Sailor Moon. All right. This time on Sailor Moon, protect the melody of love, Usagi plays Cupid. Usagi bumps into Yusuke Amada, a famous musician who claims he is being chased by a monster. Realizing the man is telling the truth, Usagi and Luna decide to keep an eye on Yusuke by staking out the venue where he performs. 
before we even get into this, I would just like to let you all know, if you didn't realize it, this is the first time that Kunihiko Ikuhara of Utena fame directed an anime. I could fucking tell. <laughs> yeah, it shows. It so shows. My first impression was definitely like, this is an Utena episode, right? <laughs> I'm so glad. <laughs> It's just like there are too many roses for this to not be Utena, right? <laughs> I'm glad that my, um, I can't say their name. Uh, call him Ikuni for short. That's his nickname. <laughs> oh, wow. Ali's on a nickname basis with this guy. I, I, I am. I love him so much. <laughs> you guys are meeting up for coffee in the morning. Just like, hey, what's up, man? He's like, eh, you know, the usual. He's like, yeah, exactly. You know, just making an anime with some kappa that are trying oh to God. bang other people up the butt. That one disturbs me so much. Oh, I'm glad that wasn't produced in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> they're so cute when they're kappa. But getting to the kappa stage, you're like, oh, oh, no, I feel uncomfortable now. (laughs) I feel like that's just like the tagline for everything that Kunihiko Ikuhara does. Yeah. (laughs) Like, oh, this seems nice. And oh, now I'm uncomfortable. This is beautiful. Why is there so much incest? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, getting us into the start of the episode, because we have to actually start the episode at the episode. (laughs) Although I appreciate that commentary, Ali, that will kind of set the scene for the rest of everything that happens. We begin the episode in the Negaverse with a wide shot of this creepy, dark, and cavernous lair in the shape of a skull that looks like it's made out of human bones and hair. And I get that Queen Beryl and the rest are supposed to be evil, but oh my god, this is what I imagine the inside of Hannibal Lecter's fridge looks like. There's more H.R. Giger vibes, and yes, it's pronounced Giger, apparently. I No one has ever said that name out loud, so sue me. Wow, <laughs> I didn't know that, and I was like, did Josie just say that name wrong? I said it wrong the first time on the podcast, and I didn't edit it because, uh, lazy. And who was going to call you on it? Um, me. Just me. Just literally yeah. me. You called yourself out. <laughs> Once again, Josie, you know, give yourself grace. <laughs> okay, all right, fine. Uh, I guess. <laughs> Get your act together! So we zoom in on an audio cassette, which was, oh, that was a blast to the past. It's playing some generic, like, Thundercats-style bad guy music, or maybe it's the <laughs> Russian national anthem. It's hard to tell the difference, possibly because the cassette is being played underwater. <laughs> In one of the Negaverse battery orbs. Okay, show, you win. I will continue watching past the first 13 seconds, if only to find out what the actual fuck is happening right now. (laughs) Zetai Unmei Mokushiroku starts playing. Oh my god. Yeah. I guess the Negaverse is like, we don't really understand technology, and I've never seen a boombox in my entire life, so a uh, water orb. Yeah. We're going to try putting it underwater and see what happens. And it works. That's the Ooh. weird thing. How many other things do you think they put the cassette tape in before they figured out that the water would work? <laughs> they put it in uh, Bitey Gerald's eye. It's just like, no, that didn't work. <laughs> They gave it to one of the cultists to try swallowing it. Couldn't hear anything from their intestines. Nope. That was a complicated day in the office bathroom. Oh, no. <laughs> I love to imagine the scene leading up to that where Jadeite had to go down to a radio shack to get like a blank tape. <laughs> <laughs> 
And he was like, I will give you 13 of your Earth dollars in order to attain this powerful weapon to be used under the service of the Negaverse. And the cashier is like, okay, man, sounds good. Here's your change. The cashier is like, uh, sorry, we only take yen. Um... <laughs> At first, he goes to the wrong place entirely, and it's, you know, you get a scene of, sir, this is a Wendy's. <laughs> I like that the plot so far is that Jedi just wanted to give Queen Beryl his mixtape. Ooh, yeah, I love that. <laughs> this is a perfect reflection of my love for you. Rose dies. <laughs> that is a very good note. The music from the cassette is killing these roses that are growing out of this, like, spaceship from Dragon Ball Z seed. It looked like a potato. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looked like a spiky potato. It really did. God, my mind is so poisoned by anime that my first thought was spaceship from Dragon Ball Z and not potato. <laughs> <laughs> What's Tartus, Brussels? The gathered cultists are very impressed by the fact that it kills a bunch of flowers. Me? I've killed a lot of plants just by being irresponsible. I didn't even need a magic aqua walkman. Every time that I've killed a plant, it's because I have drowned them. So as I was watching this, I was like, okay, are we sure that it's the tape doing it or just not overwatering the plant? I mean, every time I put flowers inside a potato, they just don't grow well. So I, I don't know what the problem could be. Potatoes are like 99% water, right? <laughs> Totally grow. Miracle grow. Potato grow. Dragon Ball Z spaceship grow. (laughs) (laughs) Jada explains that the music contains quote unquote subliminal ultrasonic waves which siphon off energy. I think we all know what's really happening here. Jada forgot to feed Queen Beryl's roses for like the eighth time this week and now he's making up techno babble to cover his ass. It's like when I tell (laughs) you guys I'm applying a pitch filter or normalizing the waveforms when really I'm just harvesting amethyst to feed to Abigail in Stardew Valley. (laughs) I haven't gotten that far in Stardew Valley. I don't have any amethysts. Uh, You gotta get those amethysts. She loves them. They're delicious. What does Elliot like i give him like seashells and he likes oh, it okay this is now a stardew valley leap hacksaws <laughs> podcast i'm gonna hack the gibson uh, <laughs> and give all the best presents to my friends at starbo in starbo value Ew, wow starbo value yes alu starbo valley <laughs> we're all sims now sukulumagi <laughs> But wait, there's no time for Simlish. We gotta get to see the lady monster of the week, and it's Batgirl! Yay! Yay! She looked really pretty. I was like, ooh, another pretty lady monster. Yeah, I know we usually leave the anime thirst podcasting to Kawhi disappointment, but man, the close-up on her gave me a case of the vapors, I'm gonna be honest. (laughs) I feel like they put all their budget into drawing the lady monsters for this episode, because some of the other drawing was quite... Oh, well, you'll get there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sometimes you have to reuse assets, but when you have really high production quality for so much of the episode, it's so jarring. It really is. It's yeah. like they had 16 people to animate Batgirl, and then Tiny Hands Guy was on task for everything else. <laughs> Fortunately, the next scene takes place in the cold city rain in front of a shop called Osa.p, which I assume was supposed to be O-Snap, but the end fell down off their sign and they had to make do with what they had left. <laughs> oh, I love Osa.p, because that's Naru's mom's shop. I was going to ask, like, do they live in the apartment above the store? Yeah, probably. I guess so. Yeah, because we cut to Nara's room from the storefront, so I assumed that they live above the store or something, which is super cute. Yeah. 
Also, their house is really fancy. Yeah. Making all that jewelry money. She definitely had to have raised those prices after episode one, huh? (laughs) Her accountant was like, okay, no, 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 mom, this is not good. You cannot sell a diamond necklace for $300. That's not okay. Do you know how much the rent is? They're like, we're in the red this month. You need to shape it up. (laughs) Also, is Naru's mom like a single mom? Is she doing it on her own? I feel like we never see Naru's dad. Uh, yeah, I always felt like maybe she was because we don't ever see the dad. But, you know, it's Japan. The dad could be living in Hokkaido. Oh, is that a thing? Like, is that pretty common in Japan? There are a lot of times when someone might get transferred in their company to like another branch. But it takes a lot of effort to get the kids into like a good school. There's times where only the father will move. Oh, whoa. Yeah. Oh, no. That was a very real moment in this very fun episode of Sailor Moon. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Cassie. Bring it it down. down. No, it's good. Our energy was way too high. We're too jazzed from this challenge. Ew. (laughs) Too jazzed. (laughs) Oh, no, that wasn't even intentional. Oh, my God. I'm so good at podcasting. (laughs) You know what works with being sad is that Usagi and Naru are in Naru's room, laying on the floor, listening to sad piano music, which brought me right back to being a teenager, listening to the Final Fantasy X soundtrack, specifically to Xanarkand, on loop, forever. (laughs) Oh god, it wasn't just me. (laughs) Uh, I'm judging both of you. (laughs) What?! You can't tell me you didn't love that sad, sad piano song about that dumb, dumb jock baby. (laughs) Oh my god, Tittles. Oh, I love Tittles so much. Oh. I hated Titus, but I loved the music in that game. Uh, I, I'm going to pretend that you didn't say that you hate Titus. Tittles. He's literally my husband. I know. God, Titus, if you're out there and you're not part of the faith or whatever right now, send us a love letter to, about cat poop, please. <laughs> Guess what he did? Wonderful. This podcast can now be renamed Final Fantasy Ten Thirty. <laughs> oh, God. Well, I do wish that Allie and I could have had this scene as children where we're sitting and listening to that music, but (laughs) I did want to say that seeing Naru's combination CD player slash tape player slash radio gave me such insane nostalgia for that time period. Oh yeah, it brought me back. Oh yeah. Everybody had one of those things, Mm -hmm. and like, digital music is better, don't get me wrong, but it's just, they basically don't exist now. Yeah, it was very satisfying to like, press all the buttons, and it's like, whirring and clicking. I loved messing with the telescoping antenna. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Back when I was much younger, CDs existed, but it was much more common to have tapes. And we would just sit out in the summer after playing in the pool, listening to the radio, trying to record the songs from the radio onto Mm -hmm. the tape. Oh my god, yes. Then because I was that girl, I would just sing over whatever (laughs) song it was that I had recorded off of the radio. A lot of Cyndi Lauper. A lot of Spice Girls mm-hmm. later in my life, uh, and just listen to myself and see it be like, yes, Allie, you could be a singer. You could do it. I'm glad that Allie has enough confidence in herself for the rest of us. <laughs> really, it's an act. <laughs> I think recording yourself singing and random songs onto a cassette tape and listening to it again is like the original TikTok <laughs> or something. It's a TikTok for one. <laughs> Ah, oh, that's our million dollar idea. We could absolutely sell that app. It's TikTok, but the videos don't go anywhere. It's just for your own personal edification for when you get later in life. You can be like, oh, yes, that was me when I was young and dumb. And I didn't embarrass myself by sharing it with a million people. Exactly. It was just for me. It's actually set up so when you press share, you think you're sharing it, but you can't share it. <laughs> So it just doesn't go anywhere. (laughs) 
you get fake comments generated by the app that are like, wow, yeah. that's so good. Great job, buddy. I think this would be healthier than social media. I'm going to be honest. 120%. So bringing it back to the episode again, Usagi thinks that Naru is super mature for listening to jazz music, which tracks for teenagers, I think. Mm-hmm. Like when I wasn't suffering through fucking Blitzball games, <laughs> I was watching Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, I'm not... 100% down with the jazz music, but were they listening to jazz or were they just listening to like a piano? It's like a jazz piano soloist. It's not really that jazzy, Naru. Like, <laughs> she says to Usagi, If there's anything you don't understand about it, just ask me. Bitch, it's a piano solo. <laughs> <laughs> Do you get the piano solo, Usagi? Do you understand what it means? Can you feel its energy? Do you understand its message deep in your heart although we don't get to hear the entirety of the song so maybe halfway through there is just a cacophonous trombone that comes in (laughs) the girls are crushing over yusuke amade the jazz musician in question luna throws some shade that i basically agree with that these girls are just really into older men and it makes me super uncomfortable Yeah, and plus they can only see, like, his hand or something in the picture, right? So, like, all they're attracted to is his hand and his music. You can tell a lot about a man by his hands, as we'll find out later in this episode. (laughs) I was taking a sip of water again. You're welcome. (laughs) His cheese hands. (laughs) So... Thankfully, we cut away from the scene to Yusuke, presumably not the main character of Yu Yu Hakusho, because I can't imagine him being good at piano or (laughs) buying flowers for his girlfriend, which this guy is doing. We're at a radio station where Batgirl is putting the subliminal cassette tape into one of the tape decks at the recording studio so that it can infect all the music like a virus. (laughs) That's really dumb, but podcasting gods help me, she's so hot, I don't care. Yeah, it doesn't matter that that makes absolutely no logical sense. Because, again, if you take it from the perspective of this particular Yoma, she knows absolutely nothing about what it is that happens on Earth. So you could tell her that, yeah, as soon as you pop in that tape deck, everybody's going to grow three noses. She would be like, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what Jedi wants me to do. I mean, can we all take a moment to be impressed that she could actually put the tape in the tape deck? Because as we established (laughs) earlier, they didn't understand to put the tape in a tape deck. Like, we should play it in water. There's a montage of her, like, throwing it in a pool and then putting it in, like, a glass of water. (laughs) It's like, why isn't this working? And then she finally figured out that it's supposed to go in a tape deck. Um, (laughs) Another lady comes into the recording studio and mistakes the tape for one of Yusuke's. Batgirl hides and reveals to us that she also has Lady Deathstrike powers. She breaks her hand in 18 places and then her nails grow out into menacing claws, which, not a deal breaker for me, just saying. (laughs) Whoever did that hand animation, like, gets a raise. Oh, definitely. As soon as it happened, I audibly screamed, oh god. (laughs) I I was not expecting that level of body horror in a show for 14-year-old girls. (laughs) Yeah, really, really good. And that is just like a really cool power. If I could grow my nails really long instantly, (laughs) I would take it. Yeah. Oh my god, are you kidding me? You need something from across the room? Shink. (laughs) And then you just stab the loaf of bread and you can make yourself a sandwich. (laughs) And the bread is very pillowy and light and flavorless, so it's very easy to get over to you. (laughs) 
It's like stabbing a marshmallow. <laughs> that would be what Cassie would do with the growing nails power is just stabbing red repeatedly. <laughs> It would bring me a deep satisfaction. There'd be so many holes in the packaging that it would immediately grow mold and everybody would have to throw it out. This is starting to sound like the plot of a Sailor Moon episode. (laughs) (laughs) I will make holes in bread so that everyone throws their bread out and somehow this will make me energy for the Negaverse. (laughs) I love that. We should write that episode. Well, actually. And act in it ourselves? Yeah, totally. We could do like a stage reading of it. I've written plays before. We can make this happen. Perfect. (laughs) Step one, we find the worst play ever written. Step two, we hire the worst director in town. Step three, I raise two million dollars. So before this other girl, Akiko, can get absolutely murdered by Batgirl, an assistant calls her down (laughs) to meet Yusuke, who is performing just the weirdest contortionist shit with his hands while he's sitting there waiting for her. His tiny hands guy back on the animation staff, what even is this pose? Maybe he's really good at playing the piano because he doesn't have bones in his fingers. Yeah, that's why he's so nimble, because his fingers just defy logic. I appreciated the focus on hands this episode. You get the really beautiful monster hands and then the really shitty pianist hands. Yeah, you do. We don't get tiny hands, sadly. We do not get Usagi with just like the smallest baby hands. Later in the episode, one of her arms is really large because they're trying to do like forced perspective kind of. And so they made her front arm larger than the back arm, but in a way that just does not look natural. Come on, animators, you can't do forced perspective. That's just not going to happen. <laughs> I tried to make my sister do the hand pose that Yusuke was doing while waiting. Oh, was she able to? No. Oh. <laughs> no, because no one can do that. Okay, so now we need... Oh, God, what, is this like a TikTok challenge doing the Yusuke hands challenge? <laughs> oh, my God. That should be a TikTok challenge, the Sailor Moon badly drawn hand challenge. Yes, Allie, <laughs> do we have that social media platform? Can we make that happen? We do not. I want nothing to do with TikTok. So what I'm going to say is if y'all decide to do a TikTok challenge, just DM them to me. <laughs> Because I'm already fed up enough with having to take a look at social media on a daily basis that I can't, I just, I don't have enough room in my media diet to add TikTok. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's that's actually, we're not going to hire another editor when we start making money. It's going to be getting somebody to cover social media <laughs> because that shit is toxic. So here's the skinny, ladies. I'm gonna, like, give us kind of a breakdown of what's happening in this episode, because a lot of stuff happens in this next scene after (laughs) the tape is taken down. Yusuke is an angsty jazz musician who's in love with Akiko, a producer, question mark, at the radio station. He brought her flowers and named his not-evil jazz album after her, a waltz for Akiko. Incidentally, a waltz is not jazz. Yeah, I was gonna say that too. It is definitely not a waltz, buddy. (laughs) I think they're all just confused about musical genres in this episode. I think it's the translation, honestly. But we'll get to that once we move a little bit further into the episode. Yeah, I'm glad that Akiko didn't notice because she probably has enough musical know-how to know, like, buddy, this is not even close to being in four. (laughs) She doesn't notice the name or the time signature of the demo tape, and that makes him sad. And my take on this was, hey, Yusuke, she thinks this is a business thing. She doesn't owe you a relationship. Her being nice to you isn't flirting. Either talk to her about it or lay the fuck off. (laughs) Women aren't mind readers, don't be a creep, is my take. And (laughs) Z-snap. 
we're suddenly back to Naru's house, and Usagi and Naru are standing outside in the rain, and... I know that I've made fun of Usagi's fashion taste before, but I adore that she color-coordinated with her umbrella in this scene. So 100% on this. Oh my god. I wrote down that, oh my god, she is the cutest Morton Salt girl I have ever seen, and I would like 20 of that outfit. <laughs> Morton Salt is a much more flattering take than mine, which was that she was doing a weird Donald Duck cosplay. <laughs> oh my goodness. I would, I would wear that too. <laughs> I have no shame. <laughs> No, it's fair. It's actually a very cute outfit. I love the little short white skirt. I have that skirt. It's a good time. Like I said, Donald Duck cosplay, but cute somehow. (laughs) So she's walking home and she stops at the arcade to gawk at the poster for a new Sailor V video game. Which looks exactly like the old Sailor V video game. It's just been remastered. Oh, I see, I see. I've fallen into that trap before. Skyrim. <laughs> Luna says that she's more of an FPS fan and she wants to go home and play Goldeneye, but before they can decide who gets to be Odd Job, <laughs> Yusuke runs into Usagi. Oh, that telephone pull from episode three is gonna be jealous. <laughs> He doesn't just run into her. He, like, full body tackles her. Oh, yeah, totally. He sees her and he's just like, she's going down. (laughs) Usagi is pissed about her cosplay getting soaked, and Yusuke recognizes her as the one who has so far murdered Donna the Iguana, fashion friend Frau, clow card fortune teller lady, and evil Naru's mom. So he starts (laughs) screaming that he's too jazzy to die by quack attack. (laughs) Please don't kill me! Spare me! Usagi's like, I won't kill you, probably. And so Yusuke tells her about Batgirl following him around. And there is a fucking hilarious flashback of him seeing Batgirl down a dark alley. And, like, I'm not going to be able to describe it. You should go watch this scene. But there's a couple of bats flying over her. And then the camera cuts back to him standing there making terrified noises and not moving. And then it cuts back to Batgirl. And there's, like, 12 bats. And then we go back to him and then cut back to her. And there's, like, 800 bats flying around. It's so good. And uh, It was amazing. Watching this, I was like, yes, yes. Ikuhara, give me more of this. Like, this... This is what I need. It was so much drama. I loved it so much. <laughs> and it's inexplicable why he's standing in the dead end back alley by himself anyways. Just a woman and there's a bunch of bats. And you gotta think, not having any context for what's happening, shouldn't he be like, hey lady, there's a bunch of bats in your hair. <laughs> Maybe he's afraid of bats. So he just was immediately rendered speechless. He's watched too much Darkwing Duck and he knows that she's about to get dangerous. <laughs> Yes, Ellie, coming in with the reference. Yes, thank you. This is the kind of heat we need to bring to our board game competition. Yes. That is some duck energy. (laughs) Oh, no. The title of this episode is definitely Big Duck Energy. Anyway, anyway, there's so many bats, and at that point, I imagine Batgirl was even like, oh, geez, whoops, that's too many, even for me. Sorry, animators. And Tiny Hand Guy just sighs and draws another two-frame bat flap. It just brought to mind so many wonderfully inexplicable sequences in Utena. I was just like, "Mm, this is true Sailor Moon for me. I'm so on board with this. I so agree with you. Utena was at its best when it was doing things that just, like, it doesn't want you to even begin to understand why it's doing any of this. You're having a conversation with this dude, all of a sudden his shirt is off. You look back to him and he's laying on a car while he's talking to you. And it's like, why? (laughs) 
Nanami has turned into a cow. Why? <laughs> uh, and uh, just if you haven't watched Utena and you're listening to this and you're like, what the crap are they talking about? It's bananas. Watch it. It's so crazy. It is a masterwork. When you watch it, you'll still be saying to yourself, what the heck are they talking about? But at least you'll have some context. <laughs> It's true. You won't have the context uh, that the show should be giving you, but you'll have context for what we're talking about, at least. <laughs> I call it Operation Anthe's a weirdo who keeps a garter snake in her desk drawer. Getting back to Sailor Moon, in this memory that Yusuke is telling Usagi, Batgirl merges with the cacophony of bats and becomes Girl Bat. I've watched Castlevania, the anime, and Vampire Hunter D. Bloodlust. This is still not necessarily a deal breaker for me. Clearly, you are an expert on vampires they're so hot in anime that's what you did your dissertation on (laughs) that would be a much better choice in major than what i actually did (laughs) okay so so when my sister was dating at one point was doing their phd in psychology or something like that on people who thought they were vampires that's such a specific major (laughs) The sad thing about people who think that they're vampires in real life is that they're never as hot as the vampires in the anime. No. Hot people generally don't think they're vampires. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) But they are. And that's the social commentary of the week. Ooh. (laughs) Sucking out the blood of society. Having this much beauty really is a crime. If any of our listeners are super attractive, I'm sorry, I don't mean it. Please be my friend. (laughs) Getting back to Sailor Moon, the more that I watch this episode, the more I realize that Yusuke is actually just the poor man Spike Spiegel. (laughs) His hair is totally green in this shot, and he's wearing a light shirt and blue suit pants, and he has the same brown trench coat Spike wears. (laughs) Do you think that maybe Yusuke is actually Spike Spiegel's former identity before he became a bounty hunter? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think that makes sense. That would incorporate hmm. music. The quote-unquote jazz. <laughs> and him being in love with women that he should not and cannot have. <laughs> so Caffeine Free Spike runs off to the jazz club after giving Usagi his business card so she can charge him for her dry cleaning. And Luna's like, hang on a minute, this is an episode of Sailor Moon. He was describing a lady monster just now. Usagi, it's time to murder. <laughs> When he first ran up to Usagi and was so afraid of her, I was like, she's like 12, what are you afraid about? But she has murdered a lot of people. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Literally four women. And like, she's on her way to killing a fifth. Nothing will stop this girl. She's a mad woman. (laughs) Oh God, I'm simping for this lady so hard. Um... So we cut to a junkyard where Jadeite is pulling a serial experiments lane by talking to Batgirl from the screens of a stack of broken TV sets all at once. If you're unable to get the tape back, the next plan will be to deal with you. As I was watching that scene, my initial reaction was, yes, Ikuni, give it to me. Give me all of the random objects for no reason in a place that is thematically relevant to the story you're trying to tell me. Also, I love Lane. That did happen in Lane, right? (laughs) Yes. Okay, great. I wasn't sure if I was thinking of FLCL. I mean, it could be a little bit of both. (laughs) Yeah, we're bad at anime. Have we mentioned that yet in this episode of the podcast? (laughs) Does the bat live in the junkyard? Um, That's a good 
question, why would she go to the junkyard? Is that the only place that she can communicate with Jadeite? Is he under house arrest? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I felt like he was taking more of a middle management kind of stance, staying as far away from the problem as possible so he doesn't have to take responsibility for failure. I'm sure that uh, Beryl has him on a tight leash given his previous problems. He can't contact her through regular means because Beryl might be able to trace their communication. So he's like, okay, go to the junkyard, stand in front of a bunch of televisions. I will talk to you through them, through all of them. Here's my theory. Just like the cassette tapes, he has a cell phone, but he also put that in the water to try to get it to work. (laughs) This junkyard is near the only source of water in Tokyo. Those TVs only work because they're being rained on. Oh my god. <laughs> this is like maybe the coolest, most ominous thing Jadeite has ever done, joking aside, and he wastes it by berating his flunky, who lost his evil ASMR tape. <laughs> and Batgirlfriend is like, yeah, I know, but this guy is armed with piano skills and a pink umbrella. I'm a bunch of bats and a mishmash of DC and Marvel IPs. You do the math. <laughs> what do you want me to do, Jadeite? <laughs> it's a very good question, but no, I, I really liked the scene a lot. I thought it was very dramatic and fun and made Jadeite more ominous. Like I said, more so than he has been at any point throughout the show. It makes him seem cooler. I can appear on 800 televisions. Watch out. (laughs) Unfortunately, we did see the episode with the gym club and we got to see him in his sweatsuit. So you're not fooling us, Jadeite. Sorry. Speaking of Jadeite doing stupid, stupid things, we go to a jazz club in the next scene called 3030s. And there's no way Jadeite doesn't own that club, right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Anything that's named weird and poorly, I just assume is owned by the Negaverse. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I did find it interesting that when you're listening to the sub version, they don't call it a jazz club. They call it a live club. A live house. Yeah, live house. In Japan, is that just what they call a jazz club? You would use that to refer to any sort of live music venue live house okay so you know the fact that they call it a jazz club is okay that that, that this guy who clearly is just a classical <laughs> composer is not really making jazz i would say this one's more like a piano bar than a jazz club in japan there could be ones that just do jazz or are just a piano bar but then there's other ones that have like a little stage that you can move your instruments on and off of that will do whatever well thank you for saying that i was like hmm If Persona 5 Royal has taught me anything, a live club has many different acts, not just jazz. Yes, I love it. Looking cool, Joker! Alright, I will bring us back to where we were before, which was talking about 3030s. Usagi is there with Luna. So this is a jazz club, huh? I really doubt they'll let a young girl like you go inside. Speaking of the tiny hands animator, he strikes again because, oh my god, (laughs) Luna, you need help. Are you having a stroke? (laughs) They put all their money into the bat villain. They did, and I can't complain. I'm so happy for it. Um, (laughs) Usagi is ready to use her transformation pen from episode three so she can look like somebody who would go to a jazz club. I'm imagining like a turtleneck, a beret, maybe a cute wool skirt. But sadly, she misses the mark a little bit. (laughs) She is such a kakoe musician. She's like, turn me into a cool musician. And the pen took that to mean green-haired player two version of Poison from Final Fight? (laughs) Yes. High heels, thigh highs with garter belts, a mini skirt, a bustier that covers almost nothing, and a cute red crop moto jacket. I think I have that coat, actually. I feel like she got confused about music genres because that's not a jazz look. Uh, no. She's going to a rock concert or something. She needed to talk to Naru to explain what jazz is, but she didn't because of her hubris. (laughs) 
Yes. When Naru was like, I can explain jazz music to you. She was really saying, okay, you got to wear a beret first off. (laughs) And I would love to hear that in the Molly voice too. Oh God. Now voice things voiced. You got to wear a hat. (laughs) Am I just doing Meowth? I think I'm just doing Meowth now. So now that Usagi looks like Hot Topic and Windsor took turns puking on her, she says in the dub (laughs) that the club won't let Luna in as she's such an old cat. Come on, show, didn't you hear Ali say that Luna is younger than Usagi? I can't believe the show would get its own canon so wrong. Can you, Ali? I can. I watched the Deke Dug, bitch. This wasn't the Deke Dub. This was the Viz Dub, bitch. I know, but I've watched enough dubs in my lifetime to know that localization does weird bad things. Okay, if you say so. Usagi tops off her outfit by adding her very much alive cat as a stole. Sure, let's go with that. I loved that so much. <laughs> I feel like Allie has pulled this move. I have. Oh, we're not going to talk about my high school fashion choices of my bunny fur coat from the thrift store. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. That sounds horrifying. Yeah, I mean, yeah, well, you know, high school being edgy. Yeah, absolutely. We used oh. to get so much weird crap from the thrift store. <laughs> you guys were really jadeiding it up, right? Look, I needed to pop some tags, mm-hmm. okay? I already used the sound drop ones. I don't want us to get sued. Oh, damn it. oh no, Macklemore's <laughs> coming for us. Macklemore, no. Do the postmodern jukebox version. It's more thematic for Jazz Ooh, Club. Yes, please. Free advertising for them any day. <laughs> Anyway, Usagi doesn't know what adults drink. (laughs) No, she absolutely doesn't. She orders a soda float, which is very cute, and that's also what I would want, but no dice on that. She ends up falling asleep listening to Yusuke playing the piano. Aw. And Yusuke heads to the garage. In the dub, we get some throwaway lines from some random guy who does not know how to do a jazz voice. Need a ride? My car's warming up in the garage. So meet me down there in a bit. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. We already have our poor man Spike Spiegel. I guess it was only a matter of time before we get our extremely impoverished man's jet. <laughs> oh, poor jet. Oh, he no. deserves better in that show and this show. Yeah. <laughs> so much. It turns out that there are bats in the garage oh, no. and my future girlfriend in the garage. And Akio's car in the garage. Yeah. <laughs> I loved the drama of... It going to like somebody talking and then going to a clip of the car engine just idling and then like going to some bats and then going back to the car idling. It was very (laughs) unnecessarily dramatic. Oh, it was so good. It was enjoyable to see some directorial choices kind of being made. Yeah, because it comes in stark contrast to what we were seeing earlier. Yeah, this is a really good episode. I know that we're going to talk about what we thought later, but this is really enjoyable to watch. Yusuke cries out because he found out that Steve Bloom got the Spike Spiegel gig, and also he's being (laughs) bat-murdered. She takes the hypnotape, does a double moonsault off the top ropes, and turns into a rad-looking gargoyle, Zosi. Parkour! (laughs) Cassie, did you also watch Gargoyles? Because I was a big fan of that show as well. Uh, yeah. I mean, who didn't like Gargoyles? That show was amazing. Probably Allie. (laughs) I didn't watch it until a couple of years ago because I believe that you let us borrow it, Josie. Oh, that sounds like a thing I would do. (laughs) Yeah, and it was wonderful. And I 100% am on the Gargoyles train. Yes. Who's your favorite? Uh, The lady. Demona? Demona. Yeah. 
Demote is the best. <laughs> Humanity is a poison that must be purged from this planet. I am glad that we're all Gargoyles fangirls yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Because that is absolutely what Batgirl turned into in this episode. Like, that is her other form. <laughs> so she flies off, and Yusuke takes off in his dumb puce car that I hate. Usagi is in the passenger seat. It's a cute little scene. This guy has a dumb crush, and Usagi is like, you're never too old to be a stupid idiot because of a girl. Thanks, Usagi. As an old biddy who's crushing over the monster lady, you're about to decapitate with your hat. I appreciate that. <laughs> I feel like the car scene just gives so much insight into what Ikuhara does in Utena. Yeah. Just with such foreshadowing for another show. <laughs> I feel like he showed all his interests in this episode. Roses, weird shit, cars, you know. <laughs> Those are the three things. Utena. Yeah. <laughs> During this part, the animation of Usagi's hair flying in the wind was so good. It was beautiful. God, that is so much work as an animator. Like, okay, you have two pigtails that are as long as your body and you stick your head out of a car. What the fuck happens? <laughs> Incidentally, that's what my hair looks like after I sleep on my hair with the curly girl method. Ooh, I didn't know you were doing the curly girl method. I am. Ooh. My hair looks ridiculous in the morning. <laughs> I demand pics. Oh, can do. <laughs> Thank you. I've thought about it, but it's like, eh, I'm too lazy right now. Maybe someday. Well, at this point, I'm down to washing my hair twice a week, so it's not that bad. Oh, yeah, that's also what I do. Okay, so maybe I'm already doing the curly curl method and not You might it. be. We'll talk offline. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. Okay. <laughs> um... I wanted to say about this scene, uh, I think it's actually a lot funnier in the sub. Yusuke's VO has a much wider range in the Japanese performance. Like, he's willing to go silly with the character, whereas the English VO didn't really go there. So I highly recommend watching the subs on this one. And last thing about this scene, I promise, I was fully <laughs> waiting for Yusuke to get pulled over. The way that he's gripping the <laughs> steering wheel, it looks like he's going 120 down the freeway. <laughs> the steering wheel is like shaking wildly and the car is shaking wildly. <laughs> that car was not made to go that fast. Either he's going really, really fast or that car is garbage. <laughs> my Ford Escort, which was my first car, used to shake like that if I went above 70. <laughs> that sounds so scary, though. Like, ugh. God. Uh, yeah, one time the speedometer stopped working, so that was exciting. <laughs> I mean, at least you knew if you were going over 70, right? <laughs> yeah, because the car started shaking. Oh my god, that's so scary. But I'm imagining in the show, they're driving down the road and we'd see the telltale flashing lights behind them, and then we cut to the police car with the chief in the driver's seat and Sailor V in the passenger side. And the chief says, what do you think, V? Is this guy drunk, high, or both? And Sailor V puts on her mask, replying, neither, chief. He's got one lead foot and a bad case of jazz hands. <laughs> That's my favorite part of every episode is like what Sailor V nonsense will happen. Yes. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm glad I can contribute. <laughs> you do so much. I'll never compete with Rice Pilaf, but that's okay. If you're listening to this podcast from the newest to the oldest, please oh, listen to episode oh, five. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Our apologies to anyone who is not listening to this in order. Yeah, I can't apologize <laughs> enough for that experience that you're having. It's too late to apologize. Okay, but talking about Sailor Moon. 
Yes. They follow Batgirl to the radio station, Usagi and Yusuke, where the staff is all asleep in spite of the small army of bats flying around. All I could think was, it's going to be so hard to pick up a room tone with all that flapping. That poor sound editor. (laughs) (laughs) It's like when Ali's cats turn against each other and I have to make the crucial decision as to whether I should remove their hissing or add World War II sound effects and turn this anime (laughs) review podcast into the equivalent of Saving Private Ryan. Oh Oh my god, yes. (laughs) They seem to have gotten their cat fighting out of the way this morning, and they're asleep right now, so I think that we're okay. I think the problem might have been that we were talking about Pokemon battles, and they were just getting too in the spirit of it. I mean, cat basically are Pokemon. Oh, I mean, a lot of Pokemon are cats, as Meowth would tell us. And Meowstick. And Meowstick. Bringing it back. Okay, I'm gonna fight with people about Meowstick, because its name makes no sense for the shape of its body. And it's giant <laughs> rabbit ears. I love the headcanon of Cassie getting a Twitter account called Meowstick is not a cat and just fighting with people online. Like that's the hill that Cassie's going to die on. <laughs> it will be. I just refuse to accept that Meowstick is a cat. Incidentally, just while we're talking about Pokemon, I learned about the Pokemon Per Ugly the other day. <laughs> so that is now part of your team. She has to be. I got to Google that. How do you spell that? Uh, Purr ugly. Yeah, P-U-R-R ugly. Literally what it sounds like. (laughs) Like coyote ugly, but with purr instead of coyote. (laughs) Whoa, that is one beefy ass cat. Yeah. That's the cat that attacks me awake every morning, demanding food. I feel like Ali's two cats are best described with purr ugly and like an umbreon. Like one is just super classy and intelligent and the other one is just like... So speaking of elegant cats, Luna. Uh, Yeah, Luna. Oh, she's not. Well, uh, okay. I can make this link work. (laughs) Luna is super competent, just like one of Ali's cats, and jumps at Batgirl's face, knocking the evil cassette tape away. Like, does Luna even really need Sailor Moon at the end of the day? She just did more than Usagi has for an entire episode. (laughs) She's been at this for a while, and she knows exactly what to do. And that's why she's just constantly pissed at Usagi for not knowing what she knows. I will say the direction of the show would be very different if Luna could transform into Sailor Moon. That would be adorable and I'm here for it. Oh, it'd be a kitty in a little uniform. Oh, If only my cats would let me put them in an outfit. <laughs> oh no. Oh, that's the biggest tragedy of this podcast. <laughs> Batgirl, in response to this assault, transforms from her human form into that gargoyle Zosia I was talking about. I will admit, less hot than before, but I think with the right hairstyle, and if she wants some dental work, I don't know, I'm just saying. It was suddenly, like, some random person out of left field was like, hey, is it my turn to make something? I get to draw the Batgirl, right? (laughs) They got a new intern. Yeah, they did the work when no one was looking, and it was, like, too late to change it. They just had to use this Batgirl. The thing that's confusing for me is that in the scene in the alleyway, when Girl Bat transforms, her shadow is that of an actual giant scary looking bat, but her transformation is kind of goofy looking in comparison, so why didn't they just have her become (laughs) a giant scary bat? I am the terror that flaps in the night. Akiko becomes a damsel in distress for a moment, and Girl Bat demands the tape in exchange for her life, 
And Usagi has the bright idea of throwing the tape, which works because Yusuke runs over to grab Akiko and Luna grabs the cassette out of the air before the monster lady can nab it. And the tape is gone and Girl Bat is pissed. Luna must be working out or something because she breaks that tape with her foot <laughs> like it is made out of glass. <laughs> She's got big pirogue oh, energy no. there. Yeah, she definitely learned stomp somehow. We don't know how. <laughs> <laughs> It was very effective. Maybe it's an egg move. (laughs) Pokemon breeders in the audience, shout out. Anyway, yeah, that tape is, um, I don't know what that thing was made out of. Maybe it was from being underwater for so long it lost some of its structural integrity. It's degraded. (laughs) Exactly. But yeah, she snaps it with her little paw and then the tape is gone and Girl Bat is like, what the hell, guys? Yusuke was surprisingly competent in this scene. I don't remember him becoming one of the Sailor Child soldiers, but I'm glad to see there will be work for him in the future in spite of Cowboy Bebop's (laughs) casting director's choices. Yeah, because it was just the power of love. (laughs) I am here for it. And... (laughs) I'm also here for Girl Bat flying through the window. Love to see a proud tribute even this late in the show. (laughs) That's immediately what I thought of. I was like, oh man, she must be friends with Frau. (laughs) Gone, but not Ah, forgotten. Pour one out for Frau, guys. What kind of monster was Frau? Was she a specific animal monster or was she just a generic monster? Um, I think she was like a Japanese ogre style monster, I think. I was wondering if it was an animal that was friends with bats and that's why, you know. I think they they all hang out Mm. together, you know, Batgirl, Frau, and Queen Beryl. They're all at the salon getting their hair did, having a good time, getting canapes. Yeah, and afterwards they go hang out at the jazz club, knock a couple cold ones down, and enjoy their best lives. Wait, that's us. Guys, that's us. Who gets to be Frau? Oh. That's the important question. Well, I feel like Allie gets to be Frau because of the explosive voice. I was going to say because she jumps out a lot of windows. (laughs) Also, yes. (laughs) Defenestration is my specialty. I can't be Batgirl because, you know, reasons. So I think I'm going to be Queen Barrel. I think I'm going to call that if that's okay. (laughs) Okay. You're like, okay, by the way, guys, I'm totally Queen Barrel. Um, you know, it just happened that way. I I didn't mean to take that role, but uh, it, <laughs> yeah, it, it just it just happened. I mean, if we're calling Sailor Moon villains, then you know, Galaxia in the house. Oh, we can't, Allie. We no, I don't even know who Galaxia is. <laughs> I know that's why you're gonna let it happen. Oh, okay. I'll seed Galaxia to you, Allie, because I know that Galaxia is like your spirit animal. Thank you. Forget the Luna's age debacle. This is the real rivalry here. Who's the best villain? Well, I was going to say who gets to be Galaxia, whoever the fuck that is. You're like 20 years too late for that. Yeah, that's fair. Rate us five stars if you think I should be Queen Beryl. (laughs) So anyway, after the touching tribute to Frau, Usagi transforms into Sailor Moon. Yay! Remember that this is a Sailor Moon episode. Yeah, we're watching Sailor Moon, guys. Not Utena, apparently. (laughs) Sailor Moon gives a super long speech about how Hayden and Bach, the gay power couple fathers of music, would be super (laughs) pissed at her for using their baby, again, music, to potentially harvest people's corn oil. I hope you're listening to this in sequential order, audience. (laughs) Our villain shoots quote-unquote ultrasonic waves out of her wings. And I know we talked about Pokemon nonstop last episode and also a little bit in this episode, but I got big Noivern vibes out of Girl Bat. Did anybody else feel that? Oh, totally. Oh, God, I have to Google that again. That is a weird-looking Pokemon. (laughs) Yeah, I'm saying it's a solid Gajinka design, that's all. I guess I just don't relate to that bat Pokemon. (laughs) Well, <laughs> I don't have an emotional connection to that bat. 
Are you saying that if Noivern was the main mascot of Pokemon instead of Pikachu, that you wouldn't have been into it? Uh, yeah, I can safely say that. Just looking at it, I'm like, oh, okay, you drew a weird-looking bat. Should you go back to school to learn how to draw bats better, maybe? Oh, <laughs> oh no, you're saying Noivern was designed by Tiny Hand Guy? Oh, God. <laughs> That's what happened after Sailor Moon. Tiny Hands went to draw all the weird Pokemon. <laughs> First, he had a stop over oh, at Monster God. Rancher, and then he got promoted to the weird ones in Pokemon. Oh my God. <laughs> this canon is becoming so sprawling and so deep. It's, we're going to need a freaking Silmarillion for They're Not Cousins. We're going to need a podcast to talk about the yeah, podcast. exactly. Oh, that's going to be insufferable. I refuse to be on that. <laughs> You just need one of those appendices that they put in the back of really long novels where it has a list of who everybody is. So you're talking about a wiki, which we probably don't have yet. See, I'd like it to be a print copy, and the only way you can access it is by knowing somebody. (laughs) The official They're Not Cousins wiki is a book. It's just a codex (laughs) that has been lost to the ages. It was buried in a forest somewhere. We're not even sure where it ended up. The forbidden they're not cousins codices deep in the forest of anime. And then someone finds it and then it's Blair Witch Project style where they like they dug up the found footage of this lost podcast. just like standing against a wall where there's a a wall scroll of sailor moon and then one of us shows up and just says boo and that's the end of the movie (laughs) i love the blair moon project so much (laughs) have you heard of the blair moon project i think it's true (laughs) oh god i'm dying we have to hang on Blair Moon Project destroyed my entire life. Oh my god. You know how we were talking about writing a radio play? Yes. I think it's the Blair Moon Project. It's just a lot of panting (laughs) and people running sound effects. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Someone like mumbling, in the name of the moon, I'll punish you. Guys, I'm gonna get out of the tent. I wanna go skinny dipping. (laughs) (laughs) Fighting evil by moonlight. Oh, fuck me. Um, (laughs) This is wonderful, and we're gonna get on this as soon as our Patreon (laughs) subscribers are subscribed. This will be what we give them. Perfect. They will have a queen, glorious and beautiful. They will love me and despair. (laughs) Look, you can't be Galadriel and Queen Beryl. You've got to pick one. Mm, No, I refuse. I'm going to be both at the same time. (laughs) That's fair. I got to get me that Kate Blanchett life. Are you kidding me? And I mean, Josie does a lot of the heavy lifting, so I think that we can give it to her. Yes, finally, my hard work has paid off. That is true. You deserve to be all the queens. Oh, oh. Except for Galaxia. Um, yeah, no, I won't be. I'm, I'm not even going to fucking touch oh, Galaxia. <laughs> well, you know, once Galaxia shows up, you might have a throwdown with Allie. It might come to that. Okay, well, let's hope that by that time we've fully become a wrestling <laughs> podcast so that we can take it to the square circle. <laughs> <laughs> Josie jumping off off of the ring. By God, she had a family. <laughs> Oh, no, I snorted. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Keeping it in.
Okay, <laughs> Sailor Moon, that show that we're watching, we're doing this. We are doing this. So there is a fight happening between Sailor Moon and my bat girlfriend, and she throws a mostly wireless microphone through the sound waves that are being shot at her, which produces an explosion of sound through the speakers at this concert venue that they're fighting in, which is not how anything works, but it's fine because comic book logic. I would have really liked to see in the scene that they interrupted a concert and like everyone was there mm. and then she like grabs the microphone from the person who's singing <laughs> and like throws it at the bat lady why is there an empty arena yeah where the mics are hot and the speakers <laughs> are on that was the only part of the episode that i thought was so unrealistic yeah, yeah. i mean but then again we do not want to give tiny hand guy a million people to animate like no that's too much i'm like 99 percent certain that we will eventually get an episode when Usagi steals the mic from someone, because there's going to be a lot of episodes where, surprise, they're going to a concert of some I sort. I distinctly <laughs> remember there being some kind of, like, pageant where Umino dresses up as a girl, and, um, yeah, that's going to be a weird episode. Yeah, <laughs> I vaguely remember that, so... Yeah, I won't be surprised if a microphone gets taken away from somebody there, and, uh, yeah, that's probably for the best. But let's save it for that episode. <laughs> yes. <laughs> for right now, Usagi is not done throwing stuff with the microphone. She also tosses her crown peel off at Girlbat, and she disintegrates <laughs> in the rain. I guess it just wasn't meant to be, because she's dead and also a cartoon character. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert, this is not no. real life. It's just really sad. I mean, she could have dissolved into a bunch of bats or something. Yeah, and then she could have had a redemption arc. Well, <laughs> I'll always have my Rhea Ripley fanfic. She can shove me into a locker any day. <laughs> All right, so let's get to like the end of the episode here because we're, we're kind of wrapping up. Yusuke sort of confesses his love to Akiko and then they get married immediately. <laughs> Deke didn't do this episode, so we don't get to see if their opinions about pushing hetero relationships on children match up with how they treat gay couples in the translation, but I get the feeling there will be plenty of time for that in future episodes. Yeah. We'll have a lot to say. For our final scene, Naru... Naru? <laughs> Naru, Naru! <laughs> No, we can't do a Mork and Mindy reference. That's not that's not the right decade. Isn't that Nanu Nanu? It is. It is. It is. Okay. Oh, but you don't know my life. Oh. Naru Naru laments that she wanted to date this dude who doesn't know her and will be 50 by the time she's old enough to reasonably pursue a relationship with him. And I had such a huge crush on him too. Usagi talks about how cool Yusuke was. I mean, he was fine. He's not so much a space cowboy as he was a stratosphere rancher, in my opinion. It makes me really concerned for her ability to judge character that she thought Yusuke was cool. What did he do in this episode that made him cool? Yeah, that's a very, very good point. He broke a bunch of speeding laws. He played some piano. He tackled a girl to the ground crying. <laughs> But he was a nice, long-legged, older man who let her drive in his car. Ikuhara has a thing for that. <laughs> I mean, that's true. <laughs> but he was not cool. This has less to do with Usagi and more to do with the director. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And also, Usagi's entire knowledge of older men comes down to, you know, two extremes. You either get Motoki or you get... Mamoru. There's nothing in the middle, and I feel like you say it kind of hits that middle. Not really cool, not really a dick. I will say that one cool thing that Yusuke did was he produced a fan album about <laughs> Sailor Moon. I'm into that. But Yusuke, like, stole her likeness. 
Is she getting royalties or something? Because I feel like she should be getting royalties. <laughs> That's honestly, I want to know. Mm. I want to know how that works. I want to know how Sailor V's thing works as well, because she mm. has a video game. How much money does she see from that video game? I want to know how this works. We'll have to call the moon lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> the moon lawyers that are just lizards sitting on the moon. <laughs> just counting their coins. They've all been reincarnated as just random objects. <laughs> The lamp in Usagi's room is the lawyer for (laughs) for her case. I don't think I have anything else. I think that's it. I think that's the end of the episode. Yeah, we got there. We did it. (laughs) It was a wild ride. Wow, was it? It really was. Here's the million dollar question for you, ladies. Did you like the episode? Yes. Yes. Resounding yes. Awesome. I'm right there with you. I think this is my favorite episode of Sailor Moon so far. Yes, I have to totally agree with you on that. And I think that, you know, I had already kind of mentioned that the change in director heralded a change in just like the style of it. Yeah. Uh, That's exciting. I think that this was a really good introduction. If you liked this episode, look into what Ikuhara does because I'm going to not stop talking about him and let me know if you want me to like make an Ikuhara stan podcast because I will do it. (laughs) God. Well, I mean, that's this podcast at this point. (laughs) At this point, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, if you're like me and you grew up watching the Deke dub and maybe catching random episodes and stuff, but never rewatching the show, go back and rewatch this one. It's really, really worth it, in my opinion. Yeah, it's still like Monster of the Week, but the other episodes were just going through the plot. This one, I feel it was like, oh, let's bring some weird artistry to it with bizarre imagery and inexplicable... (laughs) close-ups to things it just it changed the tone of the show a little bit compared to the earlier episodes so i thought it was fun absolutely also there's no darian or tuxedo mask in it best episode exactly i'm not gonna lie at the beginning when yusuke runs into usagi i was like okay i know that we're talking about yusuke but like did mamochan try to pile drive her (laughs) i also thought he was like diet (laughs) mamochan No, he was just Diet Spike Spiegel. Yep. <laughs> I'd say this episode suffers a little bit in the animation of Yusuke. <sighs> yeah, they spent so much on making my bat girlfriend so hot that they failed everywhere else. Sometimes his coat was wet. Sometimes it was dry. Sometimes <laughs> it was baggy. Sometimes it was not baggy. Sometimes his just whole face seemed to change shape. <laughs> also, Akiko's haircut is offensive to me. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that'll bother anyone else. It's very, very 90s. I think that because I love Ami-chan so much, I was like, oh, maybe this is the model that they used for her mother. Ami's hair was so much cuter. No way. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Those bangs are atrocious. Yeah, and she was doing the thing, right, where she's wearing like a turtleneck with a pearl necklace over it kind of deal. Yeah, no. Very 90s. Yeah. Yeah. It's a look. (laughs) <laughs> but at least the Kiko didn't look like she was melting. Mm. No, she didn't. <laughs> or his Yusuke seemed like he was melting. And I don't know what's happening to his animation, but it was something. I just realized this is going to give me an opportunity to put a Meltman sound drop from Action League now. And I'm so excited. <laughs> yes. yes. Oh, Meltman. <laughs> With, With the, the power, power to melt. melt. <laughs> 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 all right so now it's kablam watching party because kablam. oh my god oh, yes that show yes. was amazing it was so good yeah. prometheus and bob uh-huh. and, <laughs> and fondue like oh my god life with loopy uh yep nick shows used to be really good and really just 
bizarre in every way. Yes. Also, the theme song was Two-Tone Army. Are you kidding me? Freaking <laughs> representing with the ska. I don't remember the theme song. So it's I can't. so good. Look up Two-Tone Army. It's just, it's a great song if you like ska music. If you don't like ska music, you're lying, but you know, that's fine. <laughs> I don't feel one way or another about ska music. So. I have decided to take this stand where, yeah, everybody can make fun of ska music now that it's not the 90s anymore, but when everyone's ready to come back and admit that they really like it and it's really good, I'll be here, waiting, <laughs> sitting in a chair with a glass of chocolate milk, just waiting. You're like, so you've come back to ska. Finally, you've come back to where you belong. <laughs> My house of ska. I love Jersey's House of Ska. That's actually what we're going to name our live club. You only have Ska artists playing. <laughs> oh, God. Ska Tune Network. Hit me up. Let's talk about this. Seriously. <laughs> okay. All right. So we are almost out of tape here, which is definitely a finite physical resource on which we record this audio information. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all have our own little cassette tape, and we press record, and then we send them to Josie for editing. Yeah, we've already had to flip the tape over to record on the second side, so... Ugh. The reason why my audio sounds so bad is because I'm uh, on Laserdisc right now. <laughs> 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 oh god, our generation is barely gonna get that. Yep. <laughs> but if you do, you are an anime fan. Yeah, you absolutely are. So, we're almost done here, and that means it's time for our own kind of jazz music. Here at They're Not Cousins Records, it's not so much about the bad moral advice that you give, but the bad moral advice you don't give. That's right, you old cool cats out there. It's time for Sailor Moon Says. Sailor Moon Says. <laughs> I will take point on this as always, because I basically consider myself to be the scrappy young opener for the more experienced Allie and Cassie band, who are really the reason you came to this concert in the first place. <laughs> oh god, the pressure. <laughs> moral number one. Put your cassette tapes in a fishbowl. Let's face it, you haven't listened to that copy of Weird Al's The Food Album since 2005. And everyone knows that sound travels more quickly through water, so now you can listen to such hits as Lasagna and Taco Grande in half the time. Don't have The Food Album? Try it with Jules' Pieces of You. Or Hanson's Middle of Nowhere featuring Mbop. You owned those tapes too. Don't lie to me. Make peace with your 90s musical preferences today. In a fishbowl. Ah, <laughs> oh, beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. I had this one cassette tape that was recorded off a record, and it was just bizarre songs. <laughs> the day the squirrel went berserk. That one actually Never wasn't on that. It wasn't on that nope, one? Oh. That was one that you downloaded, oh. but it had songs like, oh, Here okay. Comes the Judge. Here comes the judge, here comes the judge. Here comes the judge, judge. Here comes the judge. <laughs> what is this? Is this oh. just a bunch of like Dr. Demento stuff? It was just a wide variety of just humorous music. It was literally recorded off a record. So the audio quality is middling at best. It was so good. <laughs> if you can remember the best hits from that, we should get like a YouTube playlist together. We can put it on our website. Oh, I can definitely remember a lot of them, so. Good, good, perfect. Well, we've got a lot of projects to work on outside of the <laughs> next episode, including me putting together my Galadriel Queen Barrel mashup cosplay. <laughs> And also our YouTube mix and a stage play called The Blair Moon Project. <laughs> yes. But hey, Allie, do you have a Sailor Moon Says for us? I do, I do. Mm. Moral number two. Are you in love with a coworker? Are you tormented by the thought of being rejected by the person sitting in the cubicle across from you? Don't tell them. Just give up already. 
You're pining for someone who has barely noticed you in the three years you've been working here, and they're likely already spoken for. What? They're not wearing a wedding ring? You've been staring at their hands during staff meetings? Okay, you really are a problem and we're getting HR on the line. Goodbye, Steve. <laughs> so, so, so in the fiction of this Sailor Moon says, Usagi has become like an HR person who's leaving a voicemail? Yes. <laughs> uh, thank you. That's perfect. Thank you, Allie. What about you, Cass? Did you write one up for us today? I did. Ooh, I'm excited. Moral number three. Are you a teen and you want to sneak into a bar? Forget about a phony ID. Just put on a green wig and a crop top. All adults wear green wigs and crop tops when they listen to smooth jazz. So you'll be totally inconspicuous. Don't forget to order a float to appear extra mature. Yeah, I remember going to the meeting where you become an adult and they tell you, always order the soda float. That's how we know. <laughs> and definitely always wear that green wig. I wear one every day just to make sure people take me seriously as an adult. Exactly. I know that we have already complained about that outfit, especially me. I did a lot of complaining about that outfit, but like that hair <laughs> is lime green and also the front of it is maroon. It's two colors. It, it was a lot of look. Yeah, this pen is so hit or miss. And the first time we saw it, it was so good. <laughs> and then the second time, it's like, oh boy, you have just adjusted my expectations <laughs> by a lot. I feel like the pen, it must take what Usagi subconsciously thinks about whatever thing she's saying and like translate it into mm. a person. So yeah. just blame Usagi. Yeah, we can't blame the pen for this. The pen is doing its best. It doesn't have much to work with. <laughs> Two brain cells firing. <laughs> I just pulled up a picture of the misfits, and there's definitely a green-haired one. Wasn't she the leader? Yeah, she's the leader. So Usagi just was watching too much Gem in the Holograms is really what it comes down to. Ah, uh, jealous. I'm so glad that it's canon that Usagi is a gem girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That explains so much. Not only do I despise your wicked ways and your total disregard for human life, but you have no fashion sense. <laughs> I'm thinking it's about the time maybe where we explain some things to our audience. Right, Allie? I think so. Why don't we go ahead and tell them how they can get in touch with us and also listen to future episodes of the pod? Okay, awesome. If you're interested in continuing listening with whatever nonsense this is, you can follow us on social media on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at NotCousinsCast. We're also available at They'reNotCousinsCast.com and They'reNotCousinsCast at gmail.com is where you will email any love letters or comments or criticisms that you may have. We're available on any podcatcher that you listen to. If there's one that you use and you're not actually seeing it, let me know and I will get it up as soon as possible. Incidentally, we did have one vote for a bonus episode for End of Evangelion. So I'm also going to put it out there. Like, if y'all would like to hear that, let me know on social or, you know, email me and we will consider making that happen for a Patreon goal. We'd also like to thank Zach Meow, who wrote and produced our theme music. You can find him on iTunes and Spotify. Um, yeah. <laughs> let us know about End of Evangelion, <laughs> I guess. I need at least, like, six people to peer pressure me into doing that. <laughs> and that is it for our show. We will be back next time, and I really hope you'll join us. I'm Josie. I'm Allie. And I'm Cassie. And we may not know everything about Sailor Moon, but we do know they're, they're not, not, they're not cousins. Cousins. Oh, uh, Cass, I love your lag. <laughs> it just really brings us over the top. 
I'm trying so hard to say it with you. Guys, we have to look good for Kawhi disappointment. <laughs> guys, we have to practice saying stuff in unison. We gotta get it together. We need a training montage. Quick, to the basketball Quick. court. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. <laughs>